Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello again, friends, and welcome on into a glorious victory edition of the Sco Show. Been a while since we said that. Our first glorious victory edition of the Sco Show of the 2021 season. Your New England Patriots get to one and one on the unseason with a with a road win at the I almost called it the Meadowlands, but at MetLife Stadium over the New York Jets. In a game that wasn't exactly close. It never really felt close. Watching it live, rewatching it again a couple times this morning. It never really felt like this was a game that could have spun the other way. Zach Wilson throws interceptions on each of his first two attempts. New England turns those into points. 10-0 at the end of the first quarter. 13-3 at halftime. You go up, you know, 22-3 by the end of the third quarter. The Jets only manage a pair of field goals on the day. 25-6, your final. So what we're going to do today, we're going to talk about what we liked, what we didn't like, breaking it up sort of offense and defense, offense the first half of the show, defense the second half of the show, going to dive into some plays that stood out to me, some players, some moments. We're also going to talk a lot about Mac Jones because, of course, that remains a massive point of discussion. So we will, of course, start with the pass game. But before we do any of that, your usual cavalcade of reminders, please do follow on with the hijinks on the old Bird app at Mark Schofield on the Twitter machine. Variety of places you could find the written work. USA Today's Touchdown Wire, Big Blue View, Bleeding Green Nation, where I host the QB Factory Reboot with Rachel Prevet, Blogging the Boys, where I'm doing DAC Watch each week. Got a video already up on Dak Prescott and his day against the Los Angeles Chargers. Got the YouTube channel as well. Lots of places you can find your boy if you're into that sort of stuff. Let's talk Mac Jones. And, of course, a lot of the discussion right now with respect to Mac Jones, and in particular this game against the New York Jets, focuses on average depth of target. Mac's average depth of target was right around four yards Sunday against the Jets. His passing chart, a lot of throws near the line of scrimmage. Not a lot of... Passive attempts deep. And so the discussion has really focused on are they babying him? Is he too conservative? Is he too cautious? So I do want to flow through this discussion of the of the passing game. I've got a couple of plays I want to talk about through that lens. Because overall, as as far as rookie quarterbacks go, I think Mac Jones is playing well. 
Now, are there opportunities? Are there the mistakes? Are there things he needs to clean up? Absolutely. And he'd be the first to tell you. Bill Belichick would be among the first to tell you. But I do think that he's playing well. Let's dive into some of this now. And the first place I sort of want to look at, first quarter, 13-03 mark. This is one of the plays where he checks the football down. His play, second and nine situation. Again, it's the 13-03 mark. Mac Jones checks this ball down to John o. Smith in the flat. It's a 12-personnel package, three receivers to the left. You've got Aguilar on the outside. He runs the vertical route. John o. Smith in the wing to that left side. He runs a flat route. And in the middle, that intermediate read is going to be Jacoby Myers on the sale. They get a cover three look to run this against. This is a dream scenario for a quarterback to throw that, that outbreaking route, the intermediate route, the sale route, whatever you want to call it, because Aguilar's vertical route will clear out the corner. You've got the flat route from John Smith is going to occupy the curl flat defender. And this is an opportunity to hit that sale route. It'll be a nice window. Jones wants to throw it. There'll be this sort of aggressive throw, 15-yard out route. Right hash, left sideline. It's going to be the moment that everybody's going to point to, like myself, and say, hey, look, he's he's taking chances downfield. He's Jacoby Myers stumbles. He wants to throw it. You can see Jones looking at it the entire way. Comes out of the play-action fake, hits his drop. He's looking right where Jacoby Myers is going to be breaking to the outside. But Myers has stumbled. So he comes off of it and throws the check down. Now, you look at this play, and there is a potential window to throw the vertical route to Nelson Aguilar if you really want to be aggressive, right? Because when Jones lets this go, the cornerback covering Aguilar, who's that cover three outside corner, he's on the bottom of the numbers. Aguilar's halfway between the bottom of the numbers and the sideline. There's a window to put this to the outside and be aggressive. If you want Mac Jones to make that throw, okay. I could understand why second and nine, first drive of the game, like there's no reason to force that. You've got Jono Smith in the flat. He takes it. Smith picks up 15 yards, turns it into a third and four situation, which they convert on the very next play. And so it's not like Jones isn't looking for these opportunities. He is. This case, receiver trips, and he doesn't throw it. Next play I want to talk about, 505 mark, I believe this is the one that I want to talk about, of the second quarter. This is the bucket throw to Jacoby Myers. And this is just nice throw, vertical route along the left sideline. Really nice read. You get the coverage you want. You get the matchup you want. You have an opportunity to hit this play downfield, and he takes it. And he drops in a perfect throw to Jacoby Myers, makes sort of the over-the-shoulder catch. It's another opportunity where you see the aggression. You see it here. You've got the corner, impress alignment, Gidry. Myers, you trust him to win this route, gets a free release. Jones has made up his mind before the play even begins. This is where I want to go with the football. This is where I want to go with the football. This is where I want to push it. Now, in the discussion of, of Mac Jones sort of being aggressive, you know, there's also moments where maybe he is missing opportunities to take more chances. Second quarter, 456 mark. This is a play where I understand what he's doing. 
but he's perhaps being a bit too aggressive. Actually, the 453 mark. It's an 11 personnel package. They go, why ISO here? Hunter Henry to the left alone. James White in the sidecar to the left side of the formation as well. Three receiver look to the right. Bourne on the inside. Myers in the middle. Aguilar on the outside. They call this little rub concept to the left. Henry releases on a curl. White on the quick little swing slash wheel. And that's immediately where Mac Jones goes with this throw. The problem is he misses a numbers advantage to the other side. They set up a three-level flood to that side. You've got Jacoby Myers sort of releasing to the flat. Aguilar going deep. Bourne's going to be your intermediate read on that sort of out-sail type route. Myers is wide open in the flat. Aguilar gets a shot, a vertical route over the top. Mac Jones is sort of predetermined. Look, I like this look with the YI, so I'm going to throw that rub right away. The problem with it is throw is kind of off target, number one. And number two, the rub isn't clean. The linebacker that scrapes over Williams, he has a free shot. And so the throw is slightly off target. White has to adjust. It goes for a loss of a yard. Jones also had a nice throw on a seam route, third quarter, 444 mark. Nice throw up the seam as a busted coverage. Hunter Henry wide open. Also late in the third quarter, he gets pressured into a quick check down. My overall thought, Mac Jones is playing well. He's playing well. Are there opportunities in the pass game downfield that maybe he's not hidden or maybe he's not taken? Yeah. I'm not going to wildly overreact to it. I want to see how this goes. As I've said before, I, I, I maintain this. Quarterback development is not linear, right? There will be ups and downs. There will be good games. There will be bad games. There will be moments where Mac Jones plays extremely well. There will be moments where there are missed opportunities. This is about sort of seeing his growth and development over time. So I'm not going to like get into the wild overreaction game and saying that, you know, he's a finished product and he he's not aggressive enough or doesn't have the arm. I want to see how this goes. It's week two. It's it's not even October yet. I'm not going to wildly overreact. Let's talk run game stuff, a couple of things. Um, first quarter, 10-10 mark. They try to run a little draw, a little delay here. This goes for a tackle for a loss, but I really think more than anything else, this is just a very good play by a defensive tackle. This play goes for a one-yard loss and a run by James White. What happens here is they're trying to make this look almost like a, a zone read design. It has almost like a counter feel to it. Matt Jones takes a snap, opens left, shows maybe a pump on a screen, and then makes the handoff coming inside. Left tackle, Isaiah Wynn, he immediately goes to the second level, leaves that defensive end unblocked. Goes up to the linebacker. And now you've got the left guard, Michael Wendell. He's trying to get out to that defensive end. Center David Andrews is blocking the, the shaded interior defensive tackle shaded on the inside shoulder of Michael Wendell. That player, Shepard, does a tremendous job at occupying both center and left guard. Because Owenu, he can't get over to that defensive end because Shepard 
penetrates into that A-gap, gets his left hand on David Andrews and his right hand on the shoulder pad, the right shoulder pad of Michael Wendu. Wendu can't get to that defensive end, and so that defensive end, Lawson, has the ability to just read this play, scrape over, and make the tackle on James White. It's a tremendous job. The James White touchdown at the end of the first quarter, you get a tremendous pull. If... I almost did an ode to Shaq Mason. I almost turned this show into an ode to Shaq Mason, right? We used to do the odes back in the day, even back in the Locked On Patriots days. It's a tremendous pull from Shaq Mason. He leads the way. James White, he's at the five-yard line. Mac Jones already already celebrated. And I know there was a lot about the Damian Harris touchdown, which we're going to get to, where he sort of jumps in the pile and tries to help push, but... That was kind of fun to see Mac Jones with the early celebration. The Damian Harris touchdown, you get duo, the double, the two, the pair of double teams up front. And it's just blocked up perfectly. What really stands out about that play are the, the combination of those two blocks, right? Duo power without the puller, right? So you get a pair of double teams up front. You get the center and the right guard, Shaq Mason. On one interior defensive tackle, you get left guard, left tackle. On the other interior defensive tackle, you get that sort of like fold block from Jonu Smith coming in short motion from the left wing. He comes inside the tight end in the left tackle up to take on the safety. Hunter Henry, good out block on one edge. Get the right tackle. Justin Heron with another good out block, big on big. And then from there, it's Harris, right? There's just a tiny crease. He does a great job of first run through smoke. It's one of those moments where it's tough to really see that hole, even as I do, with the vantage point of a fast-forward, rewind, pause, all that fun stuff. But he runs through smoke. Then he makes a defender miss in the open field. You get Colbert, the safety, come upfield to try to make the tackle. He runs through that. You get the pile of humanity right at around the four-yard line. Everybody pushing, Mac Jones pushing, lots of fun. Go celebrate. Nice win. So that's the offense. What about the defense? Obviously, you force a bunch of interceptions too early from Zach Wilson. So we got some stuff on the defensive side of the ball to talk about. That's coming up next here on a glorious victory installment of the Sco Show. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Mark Schofield back with you now on a glorious victory installment of the Sco Show. And let's talk about the Patriots defense. Look, anytime you hold an NFL team to just a pair of field goals in today's age, that's pretty good. But beyond that, a lot of the talk last week coming into this game was Bill Belichick and his record against rookie quarterbacks, right? Since 2000 and coming into this week, the Patriots were 21-6 and six in games against rookie quarterbacks. And rookie quarterbacks with at least 10 attempts in a game against the Patriots had 514 completions and 850 attempts for 6,013 yards, 26 touchdowns, 
46 interceptions, 62 sacks, and a passer rating of 62.5. Those statistics, courtesy of the brilliant Doug Farrar over at Touchdown Wire, who wrote a piece that I'm cribbing from here, how Bill Belichick, excuse me, Jets Zach Wilson has worst rookie quarterback game ever against a Bill Belichick defense. And he did. 19 of 33 for 210, no touchdowns, four interceptions, and a quarterback rating of 37.0. And as Doug points out, at one point he had three picks and three completions. And then later he had four completions and four picks. It was a bad day. And as Doug points out, you'd have to go back to 2001 to find a rookie quarterback with a similarly bad performance. That was Chris Wenke in a Week 17 loss for the Carolina Panthers against the Patriots. He completed 15 of 36 for 144, no touchdowns, three interceptions, and a passer rating of 18.8. Now that's bad. This is a team that went 1-15, the Carolina Panthers. It was Steve Smith's rookie year, so he wasn't Steve Smith's Superman yet. And Wilson could have had an even worse day. He had one throw that could have been picked. So it was a bad day. And what I also thought was extremely interesting was we play this game all the time, Right? How's Bill Belichick going to play matchups? How's he going to play matchups in the secondary? Who's going to cover who, right? I remember I was on with Luke Grant, um, play like a jet. We, we were doing the breakdown last late last week. I was chatting with DJ Bien-Amin, uh, the great Jets beat reporter on Twitter. Who's going to handle Corey Davis, right? I thought, well, it might be a J.C. Jackson game. It, it, maybe it's a Jalen Mills with safety help game. We, we've seen Belichick do both. They really just mixed it up. At times you saw J.C. Jackson on him like on a early interception, the first one, J.C. Jackson on Corey Davis. But at times you saw J.C. Jackson on Elijah Moore. You saw J.C. Jackson on Elijah Moore on other occasions. You saw Jawan Williams over Elijah Moore. I mean, they really sort of switched it up. And the more and more I watched it unfold, the more and more I studied how they played in the secondary and the matchups they used in the secondary against these players, the more I realized they're figuring things out, right? They're figuring things out and what they have in the secondary. And we know this about a Bill Belichick defense, right? Or a Bill Belichick team just in general. They take the first couple of games, those first four games, the first month to sort of figure things out, and then they really start putting together the final product week in and week out. We've seen this before, Belichick using the first couple of weeks of the season as an extension of training camp, as an extension of the preseason schedule. And the fact that they were like moving guys around in terms of who they were covering, it wasn't just J.C. Jackson, you're on Corey Davis, or Jalen Mills, you're on Corey Davis with dedicated safety help. They had Jonathan Jones on Davis at times. They were really moving guys around to see, okay, what can these guys do? What can they handle? And to be able to do that and come away with a win? Fantastic. Just absolutely fantastic. Um, I'm not going to spend too much time breaking down some of the plays, some of the passing game plays. Um, the interception 
I believe this is the first one. Jawan Bentley. Blitzes from depth, has a free shot, free run at Zach Wilson. Wilson hands in there to his credit and makes the throw. Throw is a little bit high, gets tipped, deflected, knocked around, interception. Jawan Bentley played extremely well. We're going to talk about him in a second against the run. The rub, second quarter, 13-43 mark. This goes for a big play to Elijah Moore. It's just a rub concept. Slant comes in. J.C. Jackson's covering more. He gets picked off. You've got Jalen Mills on Corey Davis on this play, but it's just, it's a rub concept. It's not a blown coverage or anything like that. They just got to, they, they they ran the rub. They got away with it. Big play. Second quarter, five fifty-seven mark. This is one of the interceptions here. This is a J.C. Jackson interception. Wilson's trying to hit the vertical routes, sort of a condensed formation. It's not really a slot fade because. Moore is still the outside receiver here, but it's a condensed look. Kind of a deep... I don't even know if i call it a vertical route. I mean, it's a vertical release, but he breaks towards the sideline. Not quite sure what Wilson was trying to do. I think he was trying to get it over the top of J.C. Jackson, but bad underthrow interception. But here you've got J.C. Jackson on Elijah Moore. You've got Jonathan Jones against Corey Davis playing from depth. Again, it's that we're mixing up some matchups here in the secondary. Let's talk run defense. I know there are some concerns about run defense. Jets run game got going kind of early in this game. They had an outside zone run at the 446 mark of the first quarter. It goes for a gain of 12 to Michael Carter. It's where they want to be. They want to be an outside zone team. That's the system that they're buying into. That's the system that Wilson ran really well at BYU. You know, you get the nice flow, get a nice push at the point of attack. Left guard does a really good job helping initially, getting up to the second level to take on Juwan Bentley. Really good play. But Patriots, part of that learning process, second quarter, 14-23. It's another outside zone play. This one just goes for three, and two guys step up here. First, it's Dante Hightower on the edge, outside the YY win look. Even though it's Corey Davis, it's still a YY win kind of look. He runs right through Corey Davis, gets upfield, sets an edge, forces Carter to make a cut in the backfield. He makes that cut right into Christian Barmore. It's such a great job by Barmore because he's outside shoulder three technique of the right guard, gets into him, controls him with his hands, Gets the lawn arm into him, so he's got him controlled. He's got his eyes up, looking for Carter. He's flowing down with the play. And Carter tries to cut back to the inside of him. Barmore disengages, chops him down. Just a three-yard gain, but a really good job of setting the edge by Hightower and stopping that. Second quarter, 640 mark, little counter design with Johnson. Again, Jawan Bentley playing from depth. Fills the hole immediately, evades the sort of the pulling block attempt. It's actually a slice block. It's a tight end coming across. Runs through him, fills the hole, stops this one-yard gain on a second-and-five situation. Set up third and four. Really nice play. Last play I'll look at, 301 of the second quarter. This goes for a gain of four, but I tweeted this video out on Monday afternoon. I could watch Dante Hightower play linebacker all day because on this play, Sort of a split zone design, split zone feel to it. Seeing him come downhill, fill, 
chop this down. Goes for just like I said again. It goes for a gain of four, but it's just incredible linebacker and play from from Dante Hightower. I was very excited to see it. So some quick stuff, some quick thoughts on the game. I was very impressed, but we turn the page quickly. We get the Saints this week. John Siegler, who runs Saints Wire over at USA Today, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. He and I are going to have a little chat about this game uh, for Wednesday's show. I'm also going to have some thoughts on the game and what to expect, what I'll be watching for as well. So look for that Wednesday. Until then, friends, stay safe. Check in on your neighbors. Check in on your friends. Wash your hands. And when you do, sin along. Bless those Patriots' reigns. Not in fall.